Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. My name's Josh Miles. I'm a designer, principal, and brand strategist at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. And right now in Indianapolis, it's about six degrees, so I'm really pushing it when I say it's beautiful. Today on Obsessed with Design, well, Today in the world is the week after Christmas in the most of the world and right before New Year's. And so today we're going to do something a little different. Today's a bonus episode where instead of me interviewing some other designer who's going to tell us all kinds of smart stuff, I'm going to challenge you guys to do something differently. And it's really just going to be me catching up with my own thoughts. I'm not sure how many of you are following me on Twitter or Instagram. On Instagram, I am at Josh Miles Design. And on Twitter, I'm at Josh Miles. And of course, you can follow the show on Twitter as well. We are at Obsessed Show. So over the course of the last couple of weeks, I started thinking, hmm, what could I do to push myself and get out of my own way and kind of reset some of my creative juices? So Um, As we've talked about in maybe one episode previously, and I know we'll talk about a little bit on some of the future episodes, I started getting back to hand sketching and drawing. Now, part of this was inspired by uh, something our previous guest, Bob Ewing, did a few years ago. He did something called hashtag lettering, where he challenged himself to draw something hand lettered every day. Uh, Well, I don't know if this will keep up for every day per se. I'm definitely pushing myself to do as many of these as I can, not because it's about a number or not because I'm scared to skip a day, but I just want to really push myself to try to get better and get back to my roots, as I said in the original post. So if you search Instagram, uh, of course for me, or just look up the hashtag, hashtag obsessed challenge, you will find uh, my own work to date and anybody else who takes me up on this challenge. uh, I hope you guys will um, post things with hashtag obsessed challenge as well. So as of today's recording, I am four whole days into this self uh, mandated challenge. Um, And as I said in the first post, part of this was also inspired by my conversation with James White from signal noise. Now, Uh, James not only helped us set the single day download record for the show, but I really had a great time talking to James on the show. And um, as I mentioned on the show, I felt like we were perhaps separated at birth because a lot of the stuff and a lot of his influences from the 80s, you know, I think we're like maybe four months apart. So I turned 40 a little bit before he will in early 2017. But a lot of the things that he drew And a lot of the things that um, inspire him today are things that I was totally into as a kid and as a teenager. So for me, drawing was how I ended up in branding and how I ended up running a design firm. So I'm going to unpack a little bit of that for you today. Maybe this is uh, mostly therapy for myself, but I think hopefully this will help you think about how your obsessions have helped lead you to your profession today and which of those obsessions and which of those early inspirations are things that maybe you'd like to get back to doing. So part of what I'm doing today is just kind of unpacking where I came from and how I went from uh, a kid scribbling on everything I could write on at any opportunity I had to a guy who owns a branding agency. So Some of my influences uh, throughout my youth were drawing, writing, music, 
design and art. Now, the first memory that I have of drawing anything was hanging out with my mom, and she was really into collecting, and this is really going to be funny, but she was really into collecting these things called precious moments, and they were kind of cartoonish, exaggerated boys and girls, and they were in these different scenarios. So they might be carrying a bag of puppies or you know, maybe one of them had a, had a set of crutches or um, they were really, really popular in the 80s and perhaps even valuable then. I'm not sure if any of those still hold their value, Mom, if you're listening. But um, either way, Mom was into drawing these things and she handed me something to draw with. And apparently I did a pretty good job of emulating the artwork of one of these precious moments. And so she pushed me to try another one and try another one. And I was getting pretty good at copying them for a pretty young kid. The next recollection that I have of much of any artwork was, I think, around kindergarten. Uh, I remember entering this turkey drawing contest at the local grocery store. So it was one of those where you trace your hand, you create the illustration of the turkey, and I think I really decked it out, and we submitted it to the grocery store. And I got word that I had won first place for my age group, which I'm sure was like five to six-year-olds or something. And uh, I got this huge stuffed monkey in return that I named Snow. And I literally still have this monkey today. In fact, uh, Snow is hanging up in the garage uh, next to my workbench. So although, you know, there's a lot of sentimental value to a stuffed animal that I've had for this long, but um, the cool thing about Snow is, as I was kind of unpacking this in my own head, was, you know, Snow was the first time that I made something and then I got something because I made something. So I think that's probably subconsciously what drove me into the commercial world of design or, you know, what, what helped me to think of my work as having value in exchange for something else. So snow was definitely an inspiration. So as I got older, you know, I continued to draw things often shows that I watched on TV. So whether it was GI Joe or transformers or, you know, even the old school Batman and Robin reruns, I loved drawing all the heroes and villains from those shows um, as I got into middle school, I really got into baseball cards. And uh, if you were around in the 80s or early 90s, you probably, like me, have a big crate that is full of mostly worthless baseball cards. So if anybody out there is really interested in digging through all my cards and figuring out if any of these are worth anything besides the uh, the heat they would produce if you burn them, um, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, so all of the baseball cards and football cards, it, honestly, that's what got me in, interested in sports. It wasn't that I was excited about the sport itself. It's that I was interested in the card and the stats and the collectability. And that's what got me interested in actually the competition and understanding better the games. So from these black and white drawings of baseball players, I always kind of strove for, you know, realistic uh, execution then I started experimenting with colored pencil and I would do some really thickly layered uh, colored pencil and started getting very into that um, until I found airbrush. And if you're chuckling right now, you probably should be because for the most part, the airbrush was used in the eighties and nineties for those awful spring break t-shirts or, you know, today you might buy a similar thing in an ironic sense uh, back in the eighties and nineties, they were actually uh, I think actually cool. But I didn't use the airbrush to do um, scripted uh, text and, and t-shirt design. I was trying to do hyper-realistic portraits with the airbrush. And when I got into high school, 
my teacher at the time, his name was Mr. Andrea, Tom Andrea, or we lovingly referred to him as Mr. A, really taught me just about everything I knew about the airbrush, along with uh, some of the fellow students. So we had some great opportunities in that class to learn and experiment. Um, And then, you know, once I started to feel like I was mastering the airbrush, we also had uh, Mac computers in the mid-90s in the classroom. So we got really early versions of Photoshop, and I was able to kind of mess around with that. Now, if you were to use the version of Photoshop today that I had uh, back in 93 and 94, you would be sorely disappointed by how little functionality there was on that thing. But the point is, I was able to use it pretty early in my career and uh, definitely get some exposure to uh, the Adobe suite and how that software was going to work in the future. Something else to keep in mind here. I, I had gone through up until this point through high school with this idea that I was going to be a quote unquote artist when I grew up. And I had honestly no idea what that meant. Um, I just knew that I wanted to do something, whether it was drawing or illustrating or creating images with my hands. So it was in this high school class that I discovered sort of how that might work within the context of an advertising agency. We watched this video and it was of this agency that was pitching something for one of the high-end car brands. And we watched as the client just totally dismantled their pitch and told them all the reasons why it wasn't right. So the agency went back and they reinvented what they did and shot all new work and came back and repitched it. And the client just loved it. And for some reason, I thought that sounded like a really exciting career. So I told Mr. A that I wanted to go into advertising and to use my uh, art skills uh, in a manner that might get me a job as a designer or art director. So about that time, I was starting to consider where I might want to go to college. And while Mr. A had recommended that I go to his alma mater, which was the Fort Lauderdale Art Institute, or perhaps it's called the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale, my parents were not really keen on me going to Florida. They couldn't really put their finger on why that seemed like a bad idea. In retrospect, if I had gone to Florida for school, I may have never come home. But it just so happened that my dad had a friend who was a client of an agency in South Bend, Indiana, where I grew up or near where I grew up. And it was called Pathfinders. And a guy named Steve Ball ran that agency. And he so graciously offered me about an hour of his day one day to uh, talk to me about what I wanted to do and what that might mean as far as college and what kind of training he thought I might need to work at an agency like his. Or in my mind, I wanted to think about what it might be like to own an agency like his someday. Now, Steve walked me through all of the things that I talked about and I showed him my portfolio. And while he thought it was interesting for a high school kid, you know, it really wasn't at the caliber of which he would hire somebody right out of high school. And, uh, you know, Steve also pointed out perhaps working on my design and working on my art is something that would be beneficial. But the main thing that I would want to learn in a college setting would be how to sell and how business works and really learning those more meta skills of how to learn and uh, how to be a better uh, student of life. So Steve had strongly encouraged me to check out a program where I could get a four-year liberal arts education and perhaps learn something about art and design at the same time if I was so inclined. So it was from that moment forward that I determined the Fort Lauderdale uh, Art Institute was not going to be my thing, and instead I applied 
to Purdue University, which was two hours down the street from home. And it just so happened they had a double major in advertising and visual communications design. So it sounded like I could get the liberal arts piece as well as the art and design piece that I so desperately sought after. So when I got to Purdue, uh, I discovered this crazy thing. There were not going to be any classes teaching colored pencil. There were not going to be any classes teaching airbrush. And in fact, there was almost no syllabus that was dedicated to illustration. I wasn't there for very long when I started to lose heart and think perhaps I had gone to the wrong school. At the same time, what did happen was I started to fall in love with this thing called typography, and I started to understand what brand identity meant. And although I thought I had created logos in the past, I started to see what it was like to create real identity pieces and the form making of beautiful and modern logo and brand work. So while I was starting to feel or second guess my decision to go to Purdue, I was also falling in love with this thing called design. And it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, but, but the two things kind of canceled each other out. And I wound up sticking with Purdue uh, for all four years, getting deeper and deeper and deeper into design and branding. For those of you who've listened to the show before, no real surprise here because you know I'm in the branding space and I am, uh, as the title of the show implies, obsessed with design myself. But man, the, the, just kind of leaving behind the illustration and drawing thing, that's kind of where that happened. So in my free time during my freshman year, I was still doing these airbrush illustrations. And in fact, I was getting better and better at the skills required to do airbrush illustrations. But by the time college was over, I had pretty much walked away from that. And frankly, I haven't even drawn all that much since I left school. So to fast forward this story a little bit, right out of school, I took a job as an art director at a local advertising agency in Indianapolis. It was called Concepts Marketing Group, and I was hired uh, directly in as an art director, which gave me access to, uh, let's say, lots of experiences that I don't think I would have otherwise had right out of school. So the first week I was on set helping with a video shoot, I was designing a newspaper ad layout, and I think I was working on a billboard design at the same time. This experience was totally baptism by fire, and I'm not sure I would trade anything for all of the stuff that I learned from that first job. From Concepts Marketing Group, I took a job with The Finish Line, who's an athletic shoe retailer. Um, they're all over the country. I'm not sure if they have one nearby you, but uh, I had shopped at Finish Line since I was a kid, so to go work in-house in their marketing department was kind of a trippy experience. I only lasted a whole six months there, and I, I left by my choice to start my company, which at the time was called Miles Design. And, uh, you know, as corporate in-house jobs go, it was probably a pretty cool one, but I just knew in my heart that doing my own thing was the thing that I wanted to do, and I just felt like the timing was was right as much as it felt weird to leave this cool corporate job that I had literally just landed six months prior. So fast forward to uh, to Miles Design, starting out of my basement, just by myself, I started hiring people the second year in. We moved offices like it was our job, and we've had so many different locations. But happy to say we are in our home on Monument Circle that you hear me talk about at the, uh, at the end of the show every week. And uh, we've been here for a little over four years. 
We now have a team of 16 people and my business partner, Daniel Herndon, and I run Miles Herndon doing work all over the country and definitely have a focus in the branding space. So all of that to say my professional career and pretty much college on, there was not really a whole lot of drawing or artwork or airbrush. I used to play rhythm guitar in a band. Uh, I hardly ever touch my guitar anymore. I pretty much only write when I'm writing for professional reasons. So as I was thinking back to this obsessed challenge, it was really about how do I get back to my roots and inspire myself to do the things that got me to where I am today. So the point of this show um, today is not so much my history. And honestly, I think the cooler parts of the story are probably the things that I left out. But the point is, you know, this is how our professional careers often go, which is we kind of get in the run of doing things. And, you know, it's not that I don't enjoy branding work. I definitely do. But I just had gotten away from that, that hands-on drawing thing. So, you know, I would just encourage everybody to think about, are there things that you've gotten away from in the last few years or since you've become a professional? Or maybe you're still a student and you're, you're still great at kind of keeping all of those creative juices flowing and all the different media that you like to explore. Uh, but for me personally, it was definitely about coming back to just a pencil on paper. And I'm looking forward to see kind of how that evolves because once I get that creative muscle working again, uh, I'm really curious to see if that'll turn into, and now I'm making Photoshop stuff or now I'm, now I'm back to airbrush. Who, who knows where it's going to go, but um, it's been a fun thing. Even if it only goes for a little while, I would encourage other people to, uh, to occasionally dust off that number two pencil, bust out the drawing tablet and uh, see what happens. So this is me extending that challenge to you. If you join in the Obsessed Challenge, feel free to tag me on any of your posts or use hashtag Obsessed Challenge. Next week, we will be back to one of our regular interviews, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. And thanks for allowing me to be obsessed with design. All right, guys, that was episode number 49 in the books. Next week is 50. Do you believe we have this many episodes already? Pretty incredible. And I am so thankful for all the people who listen, tune in, and subscribe to the show. Obsessed with Design is a product of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon, a branding agency located on the 13th floor of Beautiful Circle Tower in downtown Indianapolis. Be sure to follow along the Obsessed Challenge at hashtag Obsessed Challenge. And I want to see you guys posting some art and design work on that hashtag, so get after it. We've got some great interviews coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, a couple that we actually recorded before the holidays, and I am very excited to share those with you. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.